Welcome to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports, where we explore every corner of the women's sports industry from the field to the front office. I'm Caroline Fitzgerald, and I'm here to prove that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports. Today's episode is brought to you by Ally, a change maker in women's sports, steadfast in their commitment to the fight for media equity, because we're all better off with an ally. Our guest today is Mara Fitzgerald, the founder of the women's sports media platform, Shot Clock. Welcome to the show, Mara. Thank you so much for having me. Mara, this is fun. This is a really, really cool, cool experience for us today. So I'm going to put this out there right away. Mara and I are sisters. So Mara is my younger sister. um, And this is especially surreal today for a couple of reasons. One, we're recording this episode at the Blue Wire studio at the Wynn in Las Vegas, which is so special. So big shout out to Maggie for making this happen. Um, We're also here in Vegas right now for 2023 WNBA All-Star Weekend, which is crazy. That's our first, or this is our first time we get All-Star Weekend. Um, And this, this is right around, I want to say four years from when Shot Clock was founded. We actually co-founded Shot Clock, um, though it has become very much your baby. So for so many reasons, I just think this is really special. This is the first time we've ever done a recording of the business case for women's sports in a studio like this. So um, I, there's nobody I'd rather share this very special weekend and moment with. Now, this is awesome. First of all, All-Star Weekend, amazing so far. We got to see the Skills Challenge yesterday and Sabrina Ionescu put on a record-breaking performance. Um, so yeah, this weekend in general is just awesome. So glad to be here with you. Really proud of the work you've been doing at Goals. Um, like you said, we got started in Shot Clock together and kind of found our own paths in the women's sports space. So it's really, really cool to be on your podcast, which is a long time coming, honestly. Thanks for not inviting me before now. Um, That's but true. this is also my podcast debut, so I can't imagine a better... <laughs> venue and and time to do it. This is this is pretty cool. So, and I know yeah, our whole family has been asking for I think it's been 2 years now since the podcast, maybe 3 years since we launched the podcast. They're like, "When are you going to have Mara on the podcast? When are you going to tell the story of Shot Clock?" Um because our whole family was there for how Shot Clock began. So, we're going to get into that. That's the meat of what we're going to talk about today is how Shot Clock came to be, what you do. Um but Mary, you, I'm going to be your big sister for a second. I'm going to fangirl on you. You have such an interesting path and journey that's led you to not only doing this work at Shot Clock, but you have a really cool professional career outside of this work that you do all the time um, to advance and grow women's sports. So I want to start with that. I want to hear about your background. Obviously, I know it. I guess for our listeners, um, would love for you to share more about your background, um, how you spend your your time and um, your journey through your career and through sports that have, have led you to where you are now. Well, thanks. I appreciate the fangirl moment. Um, yeah, so Shot Clock is something that, you know, occupies a good chunk of my time, but honestly, it's it's my free time that it takes up. So I have a real, not that it's not a real job, but I have a nine to five. Um, I am actually an architectural engineer Um, I work in the construction industry in Washington, D.C. for a mid-sized general contractor. I'm a project manager. So normally I'm on a construction site with a hard hat on and steel toe boots. Um, Usually one of the only women that I'm around. So it's insane with engineering. Similar to sports is an industry that isn't necessarily built for women, Um, doesn't always accept women in all of the 
roles and responsibilities, um, especially in a position of power. So as a project manager, I'm in charge of the job site um, with the support of my teams, of course. Um, but a lot of the bucks stop with me, um, which is for a young woman, especially not always what people are used to on construction sites. Um, so that's kind of the professional side of what I, I really do for a living. Um, I'm also a basketball coach. So um, shout out Bethesda Chevy Chase High School um, in Maryland. Um, I'm the assistant varsity coach there. And I also am head coach of a seventh grade AAU team. So um, kind of a bunch of different things, but all kind of the common link is women not always being the priority of those industries. Um, and then sports have just always been important to me growing up and our whole family. We're all, sports are in our blood. So you and I, and I grew up playing basketball, but a bunch of different sports. Basketball for me was the primary. Um, played all through high school, went to play club basketball at Penn State. Um, tried to walk on my junior year. Unsuccessful, that's okay. <laughs> so, you know, graduated and the career playing stopped, but coaching and then shot clock kind of filled that void of playing sports. Awesome. And for our listeners that don't know this, which you probably don't, Mara and I are two of eight kids. So sports have always been, I think, such a huge part of our lives because both of our parents played sports, but it was a really good way to occupy eight children. It was like, go outside and play wiffle ball, go outside and play right. basketball. Um, so sports have just always been such a huge part of who we are. Um, Mara, so tell us what Shot Clock is. What do you do? So Shot Clock is a social media platform, um, primarily on Instagram, um, but also on Twitter and threads, newly um, Facebook. Um, but we are a women's sports social media platform that highlights women's sports in general and women in sports, not just necessarily always women's sports, but men's sports as well. Um, and it's very data driven. So what we try to do is highlight the women's sports industry through a lens of statistics and other metrics that show growth, but also um, maybe areas that it's still falling short um, in terms of salaries or broadcast rights, um, that type of thing. So um, a little bit different than some of the other platforms out there. It, it does try to be facts only. Um, there obviously are, so, and personally, I have so many opinions about, you know, the world in general and sexism and, you know, inequalities. And so that comes through Shot Clock, but it comes through, through it, like I said, a facts only type approach um, to leave the other politics and opinions kind of out of it and just give you the data and let you form the conclusion that you, you'll form. So what are some of the examples of things that you've posted about that maybe have resonated really well with your followers or just with, you know, the internet in general? Um, so yesterday, actually, the Sabrina Ionescu 37.3 point um, victory, um, it was all over the internet. It's not like we were doing anything unique in our coverage of that. Everyone was covering that. It's amazing. Um, what I like to do and what Shot Clock likes to do that has resonated a lot with our followers is putting it in the context of, of men's sports. Um, and so for us, putting out the headline, Sabrina Inescu, you know, scores 37 points in the three-point contest. That's an incredible headline. If you take that one step further and compare it to what the NBA players are doing. So Steph Curry, in this case, held the record, shared the record actually, but 
Previously, 31 points was the record there. That's a really important piece of context because without it, it's, you know, people can form conclusions like, well, maybe they aren't even scoring the same, shooting the same amount of balls. Maybe they're not, you know, it's not even the same thing. Maybe they don't know that it's the same distance, three-point line, whatever it may be. Sure. If you put it in the context of things that everyone knows about, everyone knows about Steph Curry and how well he can shoot. Sure. So you put it side by side and you show, hey, she actually outperformed him in this competition. And that's really important. In an apples to apples exactly. format. Yeah. I, I try to do the apples to apples, which is hard to do in men's and women's sports for a lot of different reasons. Basketball is tough because the NBA has been around for 75 years and the WNBA only a little over 25. Yep. So it's not always a, easy to do an apples to apples, but so the post I put out on Shot Clock yesterday had that headline, including Steph Curry's record, but it also showed on top of each other the two videos of their performances. And it goes, it's a mirror image of where they start, what they make, what they don't make. And it gives you that extra layer of context that resonates a lot with our followers. Yeah. Um, so that's just the most recent example. But, you know, the biggest example, a few years ago, we put out a, um, a graphic that was a side-by-side comparison of Sue Bird's career and LeBron James's career. Um, and it showed they've been in the business, you know, they've been in the league the same amount of years. They have the same amount of titles and then it ends with their salaries. Okay. So huge. It's, it's interesting because when you put that extra context of same amount of years, same amount of titles, and then he makes, I, I don't know, 164 mm-hmm. times as much as she, as she does. <sighs> Hundreds I mean, more millions of dollars. Yeah. And so that side by side is way more impactful for people to sure. just, not just our followers, but in general, cause that blew up. Um, that was sort of our big break on shot clock, that con- that piece of content. Um, but just putting out that Sue Bird makes $250,000 a year doesn't mean as much to people that don't put it in the apples to apples comparison. Um, so yeah, comparing it in the context of women's sports or and, and men's sports, putting the context next to each other is definitely a, a thing that we highlight and try to focus on because it gives people the information that they, maybe they don't have. Yeah. And you do such a good job of it. You really do. You're, you take that, it's that critical thinking and you take it an extra step. Like, yes, this huge cultural moment, this big thing happens in women's sports. And then you're able to zoom out and take a step back and say, okay, so what do we need to put out there with that to help people understand? Because I think a lot of times the men's and women's sports industry are just like, bucketed together. Like they're the same thing and it's just the sport, but they're not like, it's really, really different. Like you just said, the NBA has been around for 77 years, the WNBA 27 years. So 50 year head start. So it's not, it's not the same. So that context really helps put things in perspective for people. Yeah. And the context doesn't also always necessarily need to be the men's side of things. Um, another example that has resonated well with people is in the recent LPGA US Women's Open. Um, the broadcasting plat, you know, structure with NBC changed this year. Um, they played it in prime time for the first time ever. Um, and as, as a result of that, I mean, you can, one leads to another transitive property. It, the viewership went 119% higher than last year. And so if you, if we just put the first piece out, Hey, viewership's up 119%. Again, that's a great headline. Sure. But we try to add, like you said, that zoomed out kind of critical lens to it of we're also going to put in the headline that it's the first time it's ever been in prime time and it's 119% higher. So you put those two pieces together to tell the story of 
giving the context that you need. I'm so glad that you do this. So for a little bit of context, Mara and I, and we're going to get into the founding story of Shot Clock right now. So we started this about four years ago. Goals is a, we're full-time in business here at Goals. Like this is what I do as my profession to pay my bills. It is like, I am in the business of women's sports. Mara is not, as she explained earlier. So everything that she does for Shot Clock is unpaid, unsponsored. It's not how she makes her living. She doesn't need to do any of this. So I I don't know. I guess my question for you, Mara, is like, why? Why do you do this? Why do you take your free time after you're on a construction site all day long, sweating in your steel-toed boots? Like, why do you come home and think, I'm going to put this graphic together that compares Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry? Honestly, because it needs to happen. It's work that needs to occur for people to pay attention to things. Um, And of course, so many other platforms do really, really good work in the women's sports space um, that on, that for me inspired a lot of the work that I do. Oh my gosh. The gist, just women's sports on her turf together, collective at Wasserman. There's so many great ones. They're amazing. We work with a lot of them and love them so much. Yeah. And, and when we, well, the beginning of shot clock and, and why it kind of has, you know, developed into my thing at this point, obviously, because you are killing it at goals. Um, but I, I just remember four years ago now, we're trying to think of how we can help the women's sports sure. industry. Um, and, and this is what, 2019? I mean, it's 2013. So yeah, or yeah. It's 2023. So it's 2019. 2019. Um, I had been living in DC for a little bit and became a Mystics fan instantly. You know, Pittsburgh, we're from Pittsburgh. They don't have a WNBA team. Um, so I become a Mystics fan and Mystics that year made it to the finals. Um, and the unfortunate part of those finals, first of all, the Mystics lost to the storm, but got to see Sue Bird play. So that's all right. Um, but the stadium that they played in was under construction. Um, they used to share the stadium where the hockey team plays and the NBA team plays and the WNBA is during the summer. That's when their season is. It, it, so stadiums okay. under construction, when is the off season for the other sports? And so they had to play the WNBA finals that year in a college arena. And so I go to this finals and I'm like, why are we in a college arena on the biggest stage in women's basketball? And so I get, I that frustrated me a lot. I wrote a strongly worded email to the mayor asking what occurred. You the know. mayor of DC. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Didn't get a response. That's all right. <laughs> um, but it just kind of kickstarted my, I mean, not kickstarted. Of course, I've always been passionate about women's sports and I've experienced the somewhat inequalities of being a female athlete. You know, our basketball games in high school were on Tuesday nights and the boys got primetime coverage on Fridays. Sure. I mean, that type of thing. Of course, I was used to every female athlete is used to that. Um, but then now I became a huge WNBA fan. And so we're, you know, Caroline and I were family vacation that summer. We're like, how can we make a difference in women's sports? Um, and we were like right now, like, what can we do right this second? And so the initial idea was let's bring a WNBA team to Pittsburgh. Naturally (laughs) shoot for the stars. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, we start thinking, okay, well, what can we really do like today? Um, and I was a huge fan at the time and still am of NBC's social media platform on her turf. Yeah. And I remember I always used to repost all their stories on my personal Instagram. And I remember that all of my friends 
those were the stories that they liked on my social media. And they'd be like, this is so cool. I never see these types of headlines for women's sports. And at the time, not to cut you off, I'm pretty sure on her turf was really the only major women's sports social media account. Certainly the only one that I, and I, the gist I was also a huge fan of at the time. Okay. The um, gist was coming up. I don't even know if just women's sports was around yet. It was still, it was really mm-hmm. early days of women's sports content creation. Definitely there were a lot of creators out there, especially in the WNBA space. But to your point, on her turf was one, one of the few big ones, especially being powered by NBC. Right. And so I, like I said, always used to repost their stuff and- then you and I just got to talking. It's like, why are these, why is that, that account and like ESPNW, why, why is this the only place that we can find news and information about women's sports? It doesn't make any sense. And I mean, social media has opened so many doors for a lot of industries, but a, a really big is a really big piece of their impact is women's sports. Totally. Um, and so it just kind of developed into well, we can put out content. Why don't we just create our own and start pumping this stuff out? I mean, what can it hurt? Maybe only a hundred people see it. Okay. That's a hundred more people than saw it yesterday. So then it was, all right, let's create a social media account. And then we thought of, there was a lot of ideating. I'll jump in here. So we're, we're literally on our family vacation. I think like all, all 10 people in our family were there. They were all kind of part of this process. I'm pretty sure a few of our sisters technically have an ownership stake in shot clock. They like to think they do. We were like <laughs> divvying up percentages while we were sitting at the, din- the dinner table. Um, but I remember we were like, what are we going to call this thing? And there were a lot of different names. And I don't think this is the tagline of shot clock anymore. But at the time we were like, it's going to be shot clock because time's up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> time's up. It's time for women's sports to get their shine. Yeah. And the logo has a little semi or a colon in there. It looks, it looks like a clock. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's so fun. Okay, so that's the origin story of Shot Clock. And then it might have been, I, I might have messed the timeline up, up there because I'm thinking about, it might have been 2018. Because when did the Mystics, didn't they win the WNBA championship in 20? 19, the year before the bubble. You're right. Because 2020 was bubble. So then they were in it two years in a row. Yeah, they won in 19. Yeah, I guess it was 18. Are we talking five five years of shot clock now? (laughs) That's a long time. a long time. (laughs) It's so great. Um, And the work you do just continues to resonate. I mean, we talked about it a lot, but the post you put up yesterday, the comparison of Steph and Sabrina, that was like 10 hours ago you put that up. I'm pretty sure like 50,000 people have engaged with that at this point. Like, it's incredible. The work you do, it just always sends waves across the sports industry. Um, Just in general, because you've been doing this for five years, as we just established now. um, What is something that you're looking around the women's sports industry in the space and you're really excited about looking forward? So many things. I don't know. It's like every single time we, t- well, first of all, right now, the Women's World Cup, I just, I'm looking forward to that in general. Sure. Um, but it's the last few years, I mean, like five years of shot clock is nuts to think about, but I feel like the last two or three for women's sports in general is like every single headline. I have so much content that I can put out that shows this growth and that, 
you know, when we start putting it on TV, it actually gets viewed. And when we change the branding to women's and men's March Madness, that has an impact. Like there's been so much forward momentum for every, it seems like at the college level, every professional league, it's, everything's exciting now. Yeah. And I think people are starting to finally realize when you put investment dollars into things and you just, as something as simple as putting it on TV. Sure. It's amazing what can happen. Um, so I don't know if I have a specific thing I'm most excited to see grow or, I don't know. I'm also a huge fan. So I just love being a sports fan. I'm really excited to watch the Women's World Cup no matter what hour of the day it's on. Um, probably in the middle of the night, most of it. But um, no, I'm just, I'm really excited to see women athletes start getting the respect and the money and money means respect in a lot of cases that they deserve and they've been not getting for so long. Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously you're a big WNBA fan. You just talked about the World Cup. Are there other sports that you're keeping your eye on um, as you put this content together and do this work at Chalk Clock or just as a fan of women's sports? Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to separate my own fandom from the content that I put. Sometimes I, you know... Which is okay. I, it's okay. Um, but I never played soccer. So that's always a thing like, oh, I never think about it first thing, but I know that I need to. So it actually makes me more of a fan of it, knowing that I have to put this content out. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite sports is tennis. And so I've been religiously following Wimbledon. Okay. Um, finals was today. Um, it was the first time that an unseated player won a major in the open era, which was cool. And I'm just a huge fan. So a lot of times that does kind of tailor my coverage. Um, tennis is also awesome because it's so far along when it comes to equal pay. Sure. Um, all the grand slams are equal pay men and women. Um, the other tournaments, you know, ATP versus WTA, which are the leagues for the men's and women's professional tour. Not all of them have equal pay. Yeah. Um, but there's progress being made. Yeah. Um, and just in general, I mean, having equal pay at those Wimbledon and US Open, like that's huge. It's huge. So and that I, is thanks to BJK. BJK, <laughs> our girl, which embarrassed. I feel like we need to talk about this a little bit. We really love Billie Jean King, Obsessed. as many people do in women's sports. But yeah, ahead, we, we both have her Barbie dolls up on our, you know, bookshelves. Um, but this is, uh, this is, I think, one of my favorite parts of Shot Clock. It made it all worth it in the end, no matter how much time it takes out of my normal day. Um, Billie Jean King is a very loyal Shot Clock follower and has been for years now. Yes. And so if I do nothing else, just personally having that, it's worth it. It's amazing. <laughs> Billie Jean King is truly one of the biggest fans of Shot Clock. She, is. she reposts like everything you put out there. And every time it happens, our whole family gets on a group chat and we're like, oh my gosh, Billie Jean King shared Shot Clock. So cool. And thanks, Billie Jean continues to absolutely revolutionize and make women's sports better for everybody. Oh my God. Yeah. She's making huge moves in hockey right now yep. um, with a new league coming out. I think announcement is January. Um, she She's everywhere and she's so important to women's sports and sports in general. And I don't know, I, I'm grateful to her as a person and a woman um, yeah. in male dominated fields. Just she's the goat. She is. And we're manifesting that maybe one day Billie Jean King will come on the business case for women's sports. So if you're listening, Billie Jean, let's make it happen. 
All right, Mara, we are almost to the end of our episode. We just have a couple rapid fire closing questions. We're going to take a quick pause right here. We're going to listen to a a message from our sponsor, and then we're going to come right back and close this out. As you may know, the goal of this podcast is to show brands, networks, and people in general that it's good business to invest in women's sports. We know that women in sports are incredible and are breaking boundaries and setting records. But did you know they receive less than 10% of all sports media coverage? It's a vicious cycle. The lack of media coverage means fans miss out while networks and sponsors can't see the fan base and don't invest in the media. Now, more than ever, it's time for brands to jump in. That's why our sponsor, Ally, is making big moves to put an end to the cycle and give women's sports the coverage they deserve. This year, Ally is continuing to invest in access for women's sports through sponsorships with ESPN, CBS, and women-owned outlets giving fans more opportunities to watch what they want, where they want. So tune in and be part of the change. To learn more, check out watchtochange.com because we're all better off with an Ally. All right, Mara. Last questions. Can't believe it. I can't. Be- I could podcast here at the Blue Wire Studio all day. Um, this is just so much fun. Um, but we're we're gonna close this out because um, I really want to hear what you have to say to these three questions that we ask all of our guests that come on the podcast. All right, number one: If you could wave a magic wand and create equity in one aspect of sports right now, what would it be? I only get one magic wand. It can be, it's a really strong, it's a powerful magic right. wand, but yes, <laughs> just one magic wand. Um, something that I would love to change right now is just the deep-rooted idea that there's sports and then there's women's sports. Yes. And the default, no matter what, if you're Googling something or if you say to a coworker, did you watch that basketball game last night? everyone thinks you're talking about men's sports. Yes. And that's really frustrating. Um, And it shouldn't be, and the leagues have it. It's NBA and WNBA. It's just deep rooted. It's built in, literally. We don't call it the MNBA. And so I don't know how we'll ultimately change all of that. Um, March Madness is cool. College level is doing it. They're saying men's March Madness and women's March Madness. Um, after many years and that just went into effect last year, just to note that, but very cool that we're there now progress. And that's really important. And it's something so subtle that honestly, a lot of men don't always think about. Um, but if you're a woman and you always hear that, it, it kind of eats away at you a little bit to know that you're always the second thought. You're always other. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could fix that somehow, that would, I would do that. That's a great answer. We've never had that answer in all 45 episodes of this podcast. That's that's a great answer. All right, Mara, before we get to our final question, is there anything you want to plug or share with our listeners? Um, Follow Shot Clock. Definitely. Maybe? Oh, okay. That's easy. <laughs> this is my first time. <laughs> I was honestly going to say go into construction. <laughs> <laughs> women in STEM. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> so can I do two? One, women in STEM. Okay. Go for it. Yes. Um, and two, yes. Follow Shot Clock. Again, we're on Instagram, um, Twitter, threads. Um, so yes, follow us and, and give us ideas. If you want to see something that it's also, I'm probably rambling now, but the cool thing about having a, a smaller a smaller key social media platform is people reach out to me and have stories or headlines that don't get the coverage even on my platform. 
And I have the ability to see that because I'm just me and I see it and I post about it and then it kind of becomes a headline. So follow us, reach out to us, send us all the stories that you want to have covered. Love that. And we'll make sure we link to all of your social media channels in the show notes so everybody can throw you a follow. All right, Mara, last question. This is the question we always close with here on the Business Case for Women Sports. Can you summarize in a few sentences why you think it's good business to invest in women's sports? Because you're going to make money. I mean, yeah. Businesses in general, investors in general, want to get in on the ground floor. And I don't think that women's sports are on the ground floor right now. I mean, we're on the way up. And I think if people miss that opportunity now, they're going to wish that they invested earlier so that they can make the money 25 years from now when like Michael Jordan sells his NBA team and makes $3 billion. The time is to to buy that team is now. So yeah. if you do that now, it's going to benefit you in the long run. And it just benefits everyone, but make money. Make money. And who were you talking about? Which NBA? Was it Dwayne Wade? Just became a part owner of the sky. So Dwayne Wade gets it. He's putting his money where his mouth is. I love that. That's a great answer. Completely right. Invest in women's sports and results are inevitable. Mara, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Uh, I just, I'm so proud of you every single day. What you do both with Shot Clock and otherwise, I'm just, you know, a very proud big sister. I want to take a moment to thank Blue Wire again for having us in this beautiful studio. Everybody come check this out in your in Las, when you're in Las Vegas at the Win. It's just so special. So Mara, we're headed over now to... WNBA All-Star 2023. Let's go. You ready? Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I'm a proud little sister too. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports presented by Ally, a change maker in women's sports steadfast in their commitment to the fight for media equity because we're all better off with an ally. To learn more about goals and our work to bring more brand investment into women's sports, be sure to follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, or visit our website at goals-sports.com. And remember, it's simply good business to be in the business of women's sports.